Welcome into Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We are live at the Binnies in Lincoln Park for our few whiskey events. We will be taking a taste test tonight, Woo. and we will see whose whiskey is the best. And we're all brought to you by Hugh tonight. This is going to be a great event here it's at It's awesome. Binnies. The bottles are out in front of the tasting room. If you've ever been here, you walk through the front doors, go through the champagne room. It's not that kind of champagne room, don't worry, but it is a room designated for champagne. What's there to be worried about? I'm just saying, like, you know, the champagne room. Yeah, what's wrong? You need to listen to more music. <laughs> uh, and then you walk through that champagne room. You or I'm not uptight like you. Follow, follow the few bottles, and you'll see them out there from every show. And uh, our, our logo is nice, and it's on there. Buy our bottles. Come on, do it. That's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> I'm going to be a shill for the next two hours. Buy our yeah, bottles. we got to push uh, some product here. They're, they're the, it's the most approachable whiskey yeah, it's on why, the table. Listen, all calls welcome, all drinks welcome. I saw yeah. that on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, some of our great listeners suggesting that that should be the motto tonight. All drinks welcome. What we're going to Absolutely. So shout out to Few Whiskey, and I that's need why to we're taste here it again too. Because uh, as my wife just she goes, "Is it good?" And I go, "Yeah, it's good." I just I don't. Rem- it was of like course a month ago. Good. I don't remember. I want to taste it again to make sure it's 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 been aging for an extra month. So tonight on the show, uh, this is what's going to go on. We're we're obviously going to talk some Bears football. Uh, we have big information to get to with the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields he practiced today, uh, but we will also talk to everyone that works at ESPN One Thousand. Uh, the shows will join us. So mm-hmm. Carmen and Yurko will join us in about ten minutes. Right here on ESPN 1000. Uh, we'll hear from Waddle and Sylvie. They'll join us here on the show. Cap and Jay Hood will be here in person. How about this? Chauncey will be here in person tonight. Live it's a Thursday picks. night. He live. gives us football picks. So Chauncey will give us his football picks live and in person tonight here at the event. And uh, so it should be a great show. We'll have a song of the night. We'll talk to the Fat Jack. We have a lot to get to. But the news today out of Hallis Hall is Justin Fields was a full participant at practice today. Yay. He was limited yesterday with the shoulder <laughs> injury. Full participant today, which to me would signal that things are moving in the right direction with Fields possibly playing this week against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, the only thing that you have to worry about is like if he gets up tomorrow or Saturday and is like, ah, you know what, I just don't feel it. Maybe something in warm-ups on Sunday. But you, you rarely backtrack in this injury report, right? Like, you've seen the rest of the injury report. You know, Kyler Gordon and uh, Jaquan Brisker still have the, are still in concussion protocol, so they're probably not going to play. If you didn't practice, you're still, you know, did not practice on Thursday. It's very unlikely that they're going to play, but this kind of changes everything. Like, yesterday, you know, when we were doing the show last night, it was just kind of like, uh, all right, I'm not really looking forward to this game. Like, sure. let's look at some mock drafts and yeah. let's debate Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. And now it has different life. I mean, the Packers have only won four games. This isn't the same Packers team. This is a winnable football game. And as Yurko will tell us when he comes on with us, he's been saying it on Carmen Yurko. He said it on the postgame show. You have to find ways to win a football game. And this is, to me, it could be a shootout. This could be a 45 to 37 or something like that type of game. But you have to find ways to learn how to win. And I think that now that Justin Fields is looking likely to play on Sunday, this can be a winnable football game. We, Aaron Rodgers is injured. Justin Fields, even though he didn't practice, he was limited yesterday, he's going to be the healthier quarterback. If Aaron Rodgers takes a, a hit to that midsection, to that oblique, yeah. it, it could be bad for him again. He's got the busted thumb. Like We know that he is not healthy, and you've seen their offense struggle. You've seen their defense struggle. The Bears are av- actually averaging more points per game than the Packers this year. Which this, is surprising. I mean, when have you ever thought of that as a Bears fan? Listen, I'm going telling against you. the Packers. Aaron Rodgers better bring a torch to the game because he's going to be passing it. 
to Justin Fields wow. on Sunday. Wow, torch establishing passing game. Te- uh, uh, passing the torch. All right. the, the Packers are also terrible against the run. Yes. We saw the Eagles last week on Sunday Night Football. What did they run? Like 360 yards on yeah. the ground against the Green Bay Packers? So if there's one thing we know about this season for the Chicago Bears is that they can run the football. The question is, with a Justin Fields with an injured shoulder, do you have the same traditional run attack that we've seen since that Washington game earlier in the year? Are the Bears going to use Justin Fields and running in designed play calls to run the football as much as they have in the last couple of weeks? Or will it be protect Fields if he scrambles great, otherwise live for another play, right? Like, mm-hmm. just throw it out of bounds. Don't try and push it too much this week against the Packers. For me, the way I look at it is if you are cleared to play, you are cleared to go all out. Yeah. And, and I'm not going out there and playing in a situation where you're protecting yourself throughout the game. To me, that's something that you do as a last-ditch effort. Yeah. If you're in a playoff situation, win or go home, mm-hmm. right? You have to play your starting quarterback because he's the best option, but yet he's not healthy, so he has to protect himself throughout the game. If, if, if Fields is ready to go for this week, week 13 in the NFL, and he practices tomorrow, I want the full repertoire of offense for the Chicago Bears that we've seen to this point and why they've been dominant against the Packers defense, giving up 154 yards per game, 31st in the NFL. I think there are ways you can limit him, though, and, and avoid certain hits, right? Like, I think you say to Justin Fields, you go, hey, look, if you see an opening and you can run for, you know, 10 yards, 15 yards, or even what we've seen before uh, in the last few games, 40 yards at a time, and you can slide, do it. But I don't want you running and putting your shoulder into it like you did at the goal line a couple weeks ago when he did that. I don't want to see that. I want to see him running when the lane is open. I want to see him running out of bounds. I want to see him sliding, that kind of thing. I don't want him taking unnecessary hits. I want him to avoid sacks, run out of bounds, throw the ball away, live to fight another day because not only do I not want to see him hurt again, but I want the Bears to be in this game. So I think there's ways that Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus can kind of say to him, hey, if you see something, take it, but don't force the issue and don't lower your shoulder and try to, you know, ball a guy over or blow a guy over there. Like what we saw where, against the Lions, right? Yeah, the goal like, line, yeah he, I don't he want just that. took out a, a linebacker. I don't need that. Look, he's a big dude. Zone. He's a tough dude. He's a strong dude. But, like, again, you're not playing for anything. You're not playing to make the playoffs. You're, not, you're basically playing to beat the Packers this weekend. And that's all well and good, but don't re-injure yourself and don't force the issue just because you want to get the extra two yards or whatever. Yeah, no doubt. Just slide. And, and, just slide. Well, yeah, right. And, and be smart about it. But yeah. also, if they are designing runs for Justin Fields, have those plays be where he has the personal protector, right? Like have an additional blocker with him mm-hmm. on the edge. So then hopefully the only option is gaining yardage or stepping out of bounds, yeah. right? Like that's the issue that I, I think sometimes uh, Fields finds himself in is in some of these plays where he is taking unnecessary hits. Mm-hmm. Although for the most part, when he's scrambled, he has done a good job in the last six weeks of scrambling and either getting down, 
getting to the end zone. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I mean right? think about like, it. When you really consider the way that he runs, when he is when the play isn't designed to be a run play, mm-hmm. he does a pretty good job of protecting himself if the officials would just call the late hits yeah. that have happened well, he didn't get in the in, last few weeks. He didn't get hurt on a scramble. He no. got hurt on those two design runs. That's my point. He's been so pretty like, smart about so it. So, yeah. So, if you want to do that, I just don't want to see these unnecessary design runs into the middle of the uh, of, of the defense or trying to take on uh, an, an unnecessary hit. Like, you've got David Montgomery. That's what he's there for. Use him. He's a bowling ball. Use him. <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, this should be. And, and look, the Packers can't stop the run. The Bears can't stop the run. So I expect a heavy dose of David Montgomery. But at the same time, because the Packers are so bad against the run, there's the X factor is Justin Fields because Aaron Rodgers can't run like that. And I also think uh, the other news to take from uh, the injury report today at Hallis Hall, uh, the Bears have no cornerbacks playing this oh, week. Oh, no, 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 no. Every defensive back is injured yeah. and out and not practicing. No one's, like, I'm exaggerating, no, but it feels that not, way. Though. You're not, though. Uh, Kendall Vildor was limited today. Kyler Gordon, concussion, did not practice. Going on week two of not practicing not from play. a concussion. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, going on week two not of not play. practicing yeah. from a concussion. So the Bears are pretty banged up. And then, obviously, Eddie Jackson out for the season. Ugh. So, I mean, the, the Bears are going to be very banged up in the secondary. And you know that Aaron Rodgers is just looming in the background, well, but again, ready to rip our hearts out once he's again. He's injured, and I wonder if, you know, in the last game against the Packers earlier in the season, they ran the ball a ton, and the Bears couldn't do anything to stop it. But late in the game, they needed Aaron Rodgers to play uh, like that, where he just picks apart these young defenders, and he was going after Kyler Gordon, and he was able to pick apart these young defenders, and that's what I expect them to do again. I think that they're going to try to keep the ball away from Justin Fields. They know how bad their defense is. I think they're going to run the ball a lot because they know the Bears can't stop the run, and they want to control the time of possession, and that's how they're going to win. I don't think they want Aaron Rodgers sitting back there for you know, 10 seconds and maybe taking a hit. The Bears can't generate pressure as it is, so he'll probably have a clean jersey day. They might not even need to wash it afterwards. But I think that this is a game where the Bears can find a win, a way to win, because this could end up being a shoot. I already took the over. So the news today, Justin Fields, full participant in practice today at Hallis Hall. We'll find out how he is tomorrow as the Bears get back to practice on a Friday before the football weekend. It's Black and Abdal. We are live at Binnie's in Lincoln Park for our few whiskey tasting events. Uh, this, this is going to be a great night. Uh, everyone from the station on air is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our bottles out in front that you can purchase. Yeah, I got mine the Black right and here. Abdallah bottle. Uh, Black and Abdallah off to an early lead as far as the competition of trying to sell our bottles oh, yeah. here at uh, mm-hmm. Binnie's as Abdallah and I walked in the building and bought our own bottles. Two cases, please. Yeah, so so, uh, so Carmen and Yurko and, and Waddle and Sylvie and yeah. Cap and Jay Hood, they're trailing. Uh, it will be a blind taste test yeah. tonight here mm-hmm. in the tasting room. Uh, we'll see who is the champion. Who picked the best batch? Uh, but it's going to be a fun night uh, brought to you by Few Whiskey. And remember, if you can't make it out tonight, we understand that it is a school night. It's, it's hard to get out, especially during school this night. time of year. It's a school night for some people. Yeah, it's a school night. Some people have to go to school tomorrow. Oh, there's football being played. That's different. I get it's that. It's a football night. But these bottles will be on sale at select Binnie's locations around 
around the Chicagoland area. So if you want to call your binnies or head out to your local binnies, you can get these bottles at a few locations around the Chicagoland area. They will be in a select few. So make sure if you have a binnies in your area, obviously you should go out and, and support binnies and go buy some binnies and go buy this stuff from there. I listen, you can buy our bottle. That's cool. But go, of course. go, go support, support the team. Support anybody. Don't be open. That's ours. All Watch right. out, Carmen. All right. We're going to talk to Carmen and Yurko. He's already got a drink in his hand. I know. He's ready to go. Uh, it's Black and Abdallah, weeknight 6A. We'll talk with Carmen and Yurko coming up next. Live from Binnie's in Lincoln Park, this is a very special edition of the Black and Abdallah Show, presented by Few Whiskey. Whose barrel will be judged best? Stay tuned to Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Collecting Abdallah, weeknight 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. We're live from the Binnies in Lincoln Park with Few Whiskey. And now we're joined with Carmen and Yurko because he, here's the key, Abdallah. We, we have this tasting event. Yeah. Uh, you can come and you can blind taste the different batches of whiskey that we uh, we picked. There's Blucking Abdallah bottles. There's Carmen and Yurko bottles. Mm-hmm. But we, we understand how this goes. This is Carmen's events. Carmen yeah, has the information. That's true. That is he, true. This is know. Carmen's event. That's right. I'm, I'm a sidekick here. He's the pie I'm piper Kato, of this event. I'm Robin. I'm, uh, Kato. I'm definitely am embodying the and Yurko. I'm the second <laughs> fiddle here. I'm going to quiz you guys. Now. Okay. All right. All right. Give it to us. All right. First of all, these bottles are gorgeous. Hold it to the uh, camera. Right like, look at the label. They got like the oh, little gold ribbing in there. Okay. But you guys see what it says on here? Bottled, bottled in, in bonds. Bond. Pretty much the very first, the original consumer protection law ever enacted by Congress in the United States in 1897. What are we going to school? What are? Yes, we are, <laughs> yeah. Adam. Yes, That's you are. Exactly You're going to school right now. You're being what? educated. I like Let, this. What are the uh, what are the parameters? Uh, in order to legally sell a whiskey that is bottled in bond. Are you guys... Do you what know? are the parameters? Yes. I don't what, know. what are the it's gotta laws? Get, it's got to get you drunk. Please, well, please tell us, Carmen. It's got to get you drunk. <laughs> so to be a bottled in bond whiskey in America, you have to be aged at least four years. At okay. least four years. So this years. bourbon that we all picked, right? This four is years. Four years okay. old. Yeah. Four it years has old. to be... Bottled at exactly 100 proof, which this is. 100 proof. 50% ABV. It has to be one distiller and one distilling season. And, of course, it has to be charred and uh, it has to be aged in charred New American oak. And if you meet all those criteria. Yeah. Yeah, Those are the barrels. They're right behind us. If you meet all that criteria, you can legally uh, call it bottled and bond. You do have to keep records because the IRS could come in. The government could come in and check. They could look at your accounting. What was crazy to me when we went to uh, the distillery is, like how long it actually takes, like from a business standpoint, sure. how long it takes to totally. like turn a profit being a whiskey maker. Well, because just you have to, like you said, you have to age you this have, for four years. You have, well, it's, if you want to sell straight whiskey, if you just want to label it as straight whiskey, you have to age it for at least two years. So you could make your distillate, you can make your product, and then you, sell if you, if you didn't source it, if you, yeah. Didn't, yeah. if you didn't source from somewhere else, You'd have to wait at least two years before you'd ever turn a profit. Now, what some distillers will do is they'll just go ahead and crank out some vodka yeah. because you can turn around and sell that right away, and you've right. got the still, and you make know, some you, money, in. and yeah. you can make some money. Yeah. But mm-hmm. not everybody does that. Um, not everybody likes to source. So, 
you know, it's like the craft distillers, you got to give them a lot of credit that they can be patient enough to say, well, we're going to sit two years or maybe three, or if we're going to sell a bottled and, uh, bottled and bond product, we're going to wait four years yeah. before we can start pushing our product to market to actually make money. Now, this whole event, you guys went through this process before. We did it and, in the summer. You, you just had a, a Carmen and Yurko pick, yeah. right? right? The, so you went, the to spring. This, we did you went the spring. up the few yeah. in Evanston at the distillery. You picked your, your batch, and yep. then... And then they uh, bottled it for so, you. So what was it? It was about a month ago that we all got together. It was right? October. We went up there. So, yeah. Oh, it was October. It was October. Okay. Yeah. So every show at the station, we got together. We went up. Uh, we tasted, what, 16 different I barrels? I think it was maybe 12. 12? I, think it was like 12 uh, I have it right barrels. here. It's uh, 12. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 12. It was okay. 12. Yeah. 12. And then, uh, you know, Carm, you can explain it more than we can because we're just there enjoying the, the, the drinks yeah, and, yeah. The, and going through the motions. But, the like, cocktails. There, there was an art to trying to pick the best barrel. Yeah, I mean, there really is, you know. Uh, and I've been lucky enough to be part of a bunch of these over the years, whether it's with Few or with um, Wild Turkey with Russell's. Um, I've been uh, lucky enough to do a Jack Daniels pick with Brown Foreman before. So I've done some of these. The real experts, like the guys here at Binney's that are part of the Whiskey Hotline crew, yeah, those like top-notch. Pat and Joe and Brett, I mean, they're, they're really masters of it. Their I mean, palates are unbelievable. Oh, yeah. They can fly through them, and they can take their notes. Uh, I like to go a little slower and spend some time. But, yeah, I mean, you, you're basically going through all these barrels. You're trying to pick out, like, little nuances because they're all going to be, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're talking about the same distiller that's using the same mash bill. They're all going to be relatively the same age. So you've got to find what's the nuance that has happened while the whiskey is aged in the barrel. Different spots in the warehouse, different temperatures are going to affect each barrel differently. And you really have to do, you really have to like sort of go slow and spend some time like trying to figure out, am I picking up some nuance here? Am I picking up something that I don't like? Is there uh, a slightly, you know, bitter taste on one? Is there too much anything, ethanol on another? Right. Anything right. that could be off-putting. Any, that's yeah. what you yeah, have yeah, to do. Yeah. You have to eliminate yeah. anything that can be off-putting if there's something that you're tasting you're like hmm i just don't know it's not quite right for whatever reason it's not complete throw it away do you you remember your notes from Um, your bottle your pick because so we we all we all sat there and we were taking notes and we had a spot for each uh selection that we tasted Mm -hmm. we had the water so we could clear the palate we had some cheese some some crackers and and we what it took about two hours to do it yeah we were there for at least two hours yeah Yeah, it was a great time hammered and we we took notes right (laughs) yes abdallah's got uh and abdallah kept the notes no 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 these are from one david sharf and these are actually yurko's notes yurko's notes from the bottles and i will tell you that notes number one one, he found a dark licorice okay. hot on the palate, and it was a bit peppery. So I'm going to tell you something right away. Um, <laughs> Yurko's got a pretty decent palate. It's mm-hmm. getting there. Um, mm-hmm. Few whiskey uses a what we would describe as a high rye mash bill. There's okay. a pretty high amount of rye, and distillers will use rye because corn doesn't have a lot of flavor. Corn's sweet, but it's basically one note. Like, you guys have corn in the cob. Yeah. What do you do in the summer? You Put load butter. it up with butter, butter. salt, and pepper, salt. Yeah. Butter. right? A little because bit of that not... mayo, that Spanish mayo, or the yeah. Mexican yeah. mayo. There's not yeah. much and a little bit of that uh, red stuff on top of there. The right. Yeah. And so distillers took to using rye a lot as a flavoring grain. Mm-hmm. And Fuse got a pretty high content of rye. So Yurko's not wrong. Like, a lot of times when you drink some higher rye mash bill bourbons, even though they're technically bourbon because they're 51% corn, you're going to find, like, those spicy pepper notes, those licorice notes, those dill notes that are predominant from the rye grain. So I see where he's coming from. On now, and what Sharfie wanted to know was number 11. 
Was this about the whiskey or was this a, a, a date you had Might maybe earlier in the week? <laughs> it was like a classic big burn tangy on the tongue. Tangy on the tongue. <laughs> yeah. Classic big burn. Yeah. Big burn? That's usually for the pocketbook. Okay. And you could tell as because we tasted that's twelve. Two hundred dollar dinner right there. Yurko was starting to feel himself a little bit because he wrote for number ten, ten is good. Ten is good. <laughs> and as we got further into the night, like yeah, the notes, less descriptive. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you number noticed, seven was just very nice and smooth. So I eliminated the first side. You did. You got rid of yeah. it all. And then I circled three. Do you know which barrel Yurko and I ended up picking? I don't eleven. Know if I remember. Took was it eleven? 11? I think it was eleven. Yeah. The yeah, classic I, I big burn with tangy on the tongue. The big burn yeah. and the tang on the tongue is the one that everyone wanted. So ours. Um, I remember ours being because somehow you guys the bourbon got, expert got yeah. the first pick. You, you guys oh, got we great had the second, second pick. Oh, yeah, second but, pick. But you guys yeah. got the one that everyone was saying yeah. was the best one. Yeah. I thought it was really great. I did. And I, I, I at I, the end we asked for a consensus, and yeah. then they said, uh, "Yeah, 11, we all voted yours." Eleven would have been the one. Yeah. I thought ours was. It had a nice, like, sort of stone fruit note. It's got some nice. It does have a little of like that peppery finish. And what's a stone so, fruit? It's like cherries. Any oh. like there was a nice, nice cherry note. Like, okay. Sometimes. Which one had strawberry leather in it? Because mm. yeah, there was one point I, Paul, was, those... Paul was sniffing it with you guys, and he goes, I'm getting hints of strawberry leather. We put it in the video remember. we made. And I, think, like, I don't remember. Like, this is, this guy. You're like, what? <laughs> strawberry leather? Yeah. Yeah. Strawberry leather? You're like, <laughs> you're like I, Paul, I raised my eyebrows. <laughs> I strawberry leather. <laughs> strawberry leather. No time for fantasies. talking about the videos he's going to watch tonight. No time for fantasies. Strawberry leather. You're like, what is that? No, they're all really good, though. They're oh, all, they're all excellent. They're oh, yeah. all, you know, That's why I, it was so tough to pick. I love higher proof stuff. Like when you get up into this 100 proof range, I think they're great because they're versatile. You can make cocktails, but you can sip them. And um, they just they stand up well to a lot of different things. A lot of the one you guys picked so, last so. time, your, you gave me a bottle of it. And yeah. it, it's the one it, I picked. Excellent. So you're going to pick different barrels. It was yours because I didn't want the mint. Yeah, yeah you didn't want mint. the too much mint. mint. I'm going to let you know mine sold out. Oh, okay. look at that. And, and the suits still available out here for forty four ninety nine. Oh, nice. So it's available. Mine did not win in the blind taste. Mine finished second in the blind taste in the summer. I'm hoping Yurko and I finish first because I really want our plaque. I want our name right. on, on the, the trophy. On We've the gotten trophy. the trophy. Yeah. And that was the Father's bit. Day extravaganza. We did right. it in the spring, yeah. Yeah. and we brought it out for Father's Day. Yeah. Exactly right. So I'm, I'm hoping we're a winner tonight. We'll see. I thought a lot of these barrels were good, though. I remember thinking... The right side of the bracket was good. I thought bottles like 6 through 12 when we tasted them were, I thought, mostly exceptional. And different I think level. we ended up picking a lot of them. Yeah, we, we got six, level. right? I'll tell you, well, we I, can tell you, I can tell you which one did we are. Did you guys are. get six? I thought no, we, yeah, we did. So the one, Yurko gave so, ours a classic bourbon flavor, smooth with, I can't read it because you crossed it out. I'll pepper? tell you what it is. Pepper? Well, you crossed uh, uh, it out. Well, it doesn't so I matter. I can read it. Pizza? Did you write pizza? No, it has a hint pizza? of pizza. I think I, I got to order pizza before I go home. <laughs> I think everything on that like six through twelve side yeah. was. I thought they were all, all fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah I once I eliminated them, I really want to eliminate them and not see anything about them. Yeah, you really crossed that yeah. out. Like you had something against it. Right. That's what happens. All it's right. Like you got to go. Well, uh, this is a fantastic event. It's great, right? Uh, we'll be here till eight thirty. I love it. And uh, it will be a blind taste uh, test, and yes. we'll see who wins. Come good luck, boys. boys. So good, good luck, luck, guys. All right, guys. There you go, Carmen and Yurko, and uh, we're going to talk to the Fat Jack. Get our yes. plays for the football weekend coming up next here on Black and Abdallah.
This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. We are broadcasting live from Benny's Tasting Room at Benny's Lincoln Park. All brought to you by Few Whiskey. Oh. Ready to fatten up your winnings? You got something to eat up in there? We home. <laughs> For the best football picks, give Jack a call at 800-298-1383 or FatJackSports.com. Fat Jack feeds you his picks now. Get in my belly! On Black and Abdallah. Here comes the money. Now we talk to the Fat Jack right here on Black and Abdallah each week at 635 on Black and Abdallah on Thursday nights. We get the picks for the weekend from the Fat Jack, and he has been hot. Go to the Fat Jack's website. Go to FatJackSports.com. You can also call 800-298-1383. Jack, how about this? It's week 13 in the NFL, and you already got off to a winning start with the football picks with Pittsburgh on Monday night. It's a good start to the week. It is. You know, there's nothing better than drinking bourbon and winning money. I mean, right? I mean, that's the way you get the week weekend underway. And, and you're right. We started off great. I had an easy winner there. Uh, everything's going really well. I, I tell you, no, our late November, early December is always that time when I'll get an email from somebody telling me I'm the worst handicapper in the world. I've never won a game, the worst they've ever seen. And then five seconds later, I'll get an email from a guy saying, Jack, thank you so much. I've never made this much money. <laughs> this has been the best year ever. They're getting exactly the same place. I mean, they're all posted and documented at FatJackSports.com. You don't have to guess if you're getting the best place, but it is funny this time of year how where people's gambling world takes them. So overall, everybody's very, very happy. We're making a ton of money, as you said, off to a winning start this weekend. Absolutely. Now let's keep the winning ways going tonight on Thursday Night Football. You've got the Bills and the Patriots. This line has come down a little bit. I saw it at four yesterday. It's now down to three and a half with a total of 43 and a half. So a relatively normal total. But uh, how do you see this one between the Bills and the Patriots? Yeah, this game opened five and a half or six, and then it's been working down, working down, and injury reports came out. And, and uh, we just simply you – know, and New England is one of those teams, guys, that they are getting better. I mean, they're, they have issues in the quarterback room to start the year, and there's certainly – they don't have Joe no name or anybody like that playing quarterback, but they what they've done is they've become functional with what they have, and Belichick has, again, earned his money. That's why you can be such a Scrooge when you're with the, with the media and nobody cares is because – Duke can absolutely coach football. Him and Nick Saban went to the same personality school, I think. Um, but, yeah, this is one of those games. I do think there will be a little more offense this week. Buffalo has been super good defensively, top in the league. Uh, they've got that combination where they're really good defensively, really good offensively, top two or three in offense, top top two or three in defense. And that's where everybody is projecting them to go deep in the playoffs. But, but New England quietly getting better. And this number says they're going to be in it to the end. New England's also done really well in this series at home. Uh, covering and winning the majority of the time. Um, New England 6-2 and two against the spread their last eight games as well. So a lean toward New England. The value's gone with them. I would stay away from the game. I do think there will be more to- more points than most of the public believe, so uh, definitely a play on the over. Jack, this week here in the city of Chicago, Bears-Packers, the conversation has been, is Justin Fields going to be healthy? And I don't think any of us will know if he'll play or not until we get to the weekend. As far as this matchup, though, uh, when you look at Bears-Packers, like from a national perspective, usually people are pretty amped for this. I'm just sick of Aaron Rodgers. I want him to go away. And this game, if Fields doesn't play, this is almost completely unwatchable this weekend at Soldier Field on the lakefront here in Chicago. Yeah, we get a few unwatchable games this time of year. And, you know, I'll tell you who's not 
uh, upset about this game is Aaron Rodgers because it, it seems to be, even with his injuries, if he plays, and I think he's probably going to, uh, he, Chicago's been an absolute reset savior type game for him. I mean, they, they just own this spot home or away. Um, Green Bay 5-0 and oh, against the spread their last five in the series. I mean, hard to beat that. And a Green Bay team that is certainly at the end to uh, or close to shutting it down. So if Chicago was to get the win here, you guys may escort Rodgers onto the bench, and they're going to see what Jordan Love actually has or doesn't have. Um, Chicago's been getting it over the total no matter what they've been doing at quarterback, especially lately. They've been auto-play on the over, 5-0 and to the over their last spot. And this total's down because of the injuries you're talking about. Um, if Fields plays, it's a, I think it's an easy play on the over. Because I do believe Rodgers is going to play, even with the ribs, even with the thumb. I think he's going to play. He's had success against Chicago in the past. Chicago traded with their best defensive player before the trade deadline. So if Fields plays, I think that this Green Bay uh, defense that's underperformed most of the year will give up some points to him. So my initial thought, as I said, is we're doing it now. As you guys are getting getting lit on bourbon and everything going on with you guys, I would go ahead and say over the total first, I'll lean toward Green Bay after that. But obviously, you want to wait and see until a little bit closer. Of course, if, if they figure out the field, this is going to play, the total is going to go up, the number is going to come down. So if you want to gamble even a little bit more than in the game, go ahead and go over the total here. Uh, the Bears made Mike White look like the best quarterback in the NFL last week as they played the Jets. Now the Jets face the Vikings, who are one of the better teams in the NFL. But if you look deeper into the metrics, they're not statistically one of the best teams in the NFL, but the record is the record. Is this an opportunity where the Jets can get a win on the road as a three-point uh, underdog? Yeah, the, the, this is one of those head-scratcher lines, right? I mean, we're all of a sudden anointing Mike White as the next savior of the Jets. I mean, the Jets are good if they get good quarterback play. As we saw with Zach Wilson, they're, they're just pretty good if they don't get quarterback play. Expect White to regress to the mean at least some. But I will say this, that regression could also come in the form of turnovers. The total is up above uh, 45 in this game, and I think this game does go over the total, either by the fact that White keeps doing what he's doing and Minnesota's been good at home, especially scoring some points, um, or White turns the ball over, gets away from the, the Jets, and Minnesota gets more opportunity. So over the 45 would be the first one there. It's hard for me to play, especially when you get these second and third starts, these quarterbacks, their backups. Their backups typically for a reason. And, yeah, it's been an improvement. The Jets did make him look really good. But expect some regression over the next couple of weeks with the quarterback play at the Jets. So over first and then a lean toward Minnesota. Jacksonville's on the road at Detroit. That's a, f- a noon game on Fox on Sunday. Is Jacksonville better than what their record shows at 4-7? and seven? Well, yeah, they, they've been involved in a lot of one-score games and have not gotten the right side. If there's teams on both sides, you know, we talk about Minnesota and their record. They've dominated one-score games. And teams like Jacksonville have not. And so – um, you are getting a little value, but and they're also improving. We're getting to this point of the season. You're seeing better play out of their quarterback. You're seeing them turn the ball over less. Their defense is getting some stops in the red zone. So there's a little value there. That's another. The bigger problem with that game is if you bet on that game, you got to watch that game. So I think there's better spots <laughs> to watch for sure. Uh, I don't know that I want to settle settle in with some. Some corn dogs or whatever, and watch Jacksonville do anything just yet. But if you're going to maybe play it, yeah, there's still a little value with with the Jags. Uh, Probably the game of the weekend in the NFL is Chiefs and Bengals. The Bengals have won five out of their last six games. The Chiefs want revenge on this team. They're a a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Is this a good spot to back the Bengals at home? You know, the Bengals were exactly this spot last year, and then they went on that great run that took them all the way to the Super Bowl. 
the Chiefs absolutely, you know, their schedule's got a ton easier. They're through the hard part of their schedule, and they are really clicking offensively. And that would worry me if I was going to try to play the Bengals at home because the Chiefs don't seem to care whether they're at home or on the road. They're averaging 29.6 points per game this year. That is really high. And so the defense has not been great for four quarters in almost every game, but they're getting enough stops that when you get Patrick Mahomes that many possessions, he's going to capitalize and they're going to put you in an uncomfortable spot. Cincinnati's not the team that can play from behind. They're going to have to keep it close. They're not in a shootout mode for sure. Their defense has been good. Running backs, they're, they're injured. You know, Nixon um, didn't play much or play last week. So I would go ahead and play the Chiefs on the road, having nothing to do with revenge, but just that it's horses for courses. You get style of football, and I don't want to try to fade Patrick or Mahomes right now um, because of how well they're playing offensively. So I think it gets in a little bit of a shootout. I think that's a tough spot for Cincinnati. So I go ahead and lay the points to play KC. Two teams that I, I doubt many people thought would have uh, winning records at this point in the season. Commanders, Giants. The Giants, 7-4. and four. Commanders, 7-5. and five. Now, here, here's the thing that I think is uh, possibly interesting. Giants at home getting points. They're the underdog in this situation when about a couple of weeks ago, people were suggesting the Giants could get to the playoffs. How should we play this matchup, Commanders is, and Giants? Is your TV broke or you got like a porn festival going on this weekend where you're going to be watching these football games? Oh, because, Jack, I'm well, all I, about these these rogue matchups in the <laughs> NFL. I'm all about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay playing. I'm going to need some pitcher pitcher if you're going to set me down in front of the Giants and, and the Commanders. I mean, my God. I mean, <laughs> Heineke's been great for sure. He's covering the number at will right now. Been one of the huge um, surprises in the league, and that's another team that's super dangerous. The Giants, I think, are overrated from where they started the year. So uh, if you want to go back to the Heineke well, this is probably not the worst spot. You don't have a team like Dallas, like Kansas City. Somebody's going to score a ton of points. and what you know, The, the Giants are going to keep it close to the vest. They're going to win, try to win time of possession, play field position. That should play right into Washington's hands. So if you want to go back to Heineke, this is probably not the worst spot in the world. I Again, I don't want to watch that game. But maybe playing under the total in the game is the best bet for sure. And then I would lean toward Washington. Till further notice, I just I don't think anybody's going to buy into that storyline until he does even more. I mean, we saw this early in the year with Seattle and their quarterback situation where he was just covering it well and everybody's like, ah, oh, that won't last. And it lasted for a long time before he started out not outperforming the market. I think you're getting a similar situation here with Washington. So I go ahead and play the Commanders. Uh, the 49ers have won four games in a row. The Dolphins are a very good team as they head to San Francisco. The 49ers, a three-and-a-half-point uh, favorite at home with a lot of the juice going on that. It's like minus 115, minus 120 in some places at minus three-and-a-half. Is this a good spot to back the Dolphins as a road dog? Yeah. That's the thing. When Tua played, this team is really good offensively. And San Francisco, we talk about horses for courses, stylistic matchups. That is not something San Francisco can do. They are absolutely one of the higher power-rated teams in the entire league since they got McCaffrey. Defense is getting healthy. They've got a coach that's been in the big games before. So they're going to be around a while in the playoffs. But if they give up points and they get in a shootout, and that's exactly what they possibly could be doing here, uh, that's not comfortable for them. So I, I, I would go ahead and play Miami. Miami third in the league in points per game, uh, averaging 25.6 points per game. Uh, San Francisco, the number one defense in the league right now. So this is absolutely stylistic. Uh, who's going to win? What's going to win? Normally we like defense over offense. 
the way that Miami's playing offensively, I think they're going to have some success, and I'm not sure that San Fran can keep up in that spot. I think Kansas City and a lot of teams they play. I go ahead and play the Dolphins on the road. A later game, 325 CBS on Sunday, L.A. Chargers against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, to this point in the season, so in this game, Vegas is actually the favorite, but why have the Chargers struggled to this point this season? I, I think a lot of people probably pick them to make the playoffs, if not be a Super Bowl sleeper. What have you seen from the Chargers to this point this season that's led them to a 6-5 and five record? Again, TV broke. Porn festival. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on. We're back to this one. My gosh, who's going to watch I'm this? I'm all game? about it. <laughs> You're going to settle in. All right, I got it. Um, yeah, I can't bet Las Vegas no matter what right now. Uh, to your question, the Chargers have underperformed. It started with the injuries, especially receiver. I and mean, we saw what happened with Green Bay when they got rid of Devontae Adams. And that's kind of what happened with, with the Chargers. Is that uh, Herbert, I think we thought his receivers, that they would just pick up the slack. But what we found is he had some safety blankets. And when they went down, he looks superhuman, and their defense has underperformed a little bit. This is their spot, though. I mean, this is not uh, an L.A. team that absolutely is the wrong direction. Super hard to change, especially offensive futility at this point in the year, especially with new coaches, guys that are not used to being in this spot. Um, the Chargers go for it on fourth down more than just about anybody in the league. It absolutely drives me crazy. I hate betting betting on them because they give extra points. may not affect the outcome. definitely affects covering uh, in those exact type spots where they're going for from the 35 and they haven't scored any points in the entire first half, and then they're running a quarterback sneak for negative two yards. So I don't like, don't trust their coach, don't like their coach at all. But if you're, if you're looking for an advantage in coaching, this is probably it. They, I, I, the Raiders are absolutely lost, so I play the Charger there in this one. Are there any more bad NFL matchups you want to ask about, Chris, before I move on to games that people want to yeah, talk about? Like, to be, are you, to be honest, like, are I, you done, guys, or can I, I move on? I withheld. I was going to ask about Seahawks at Rams. No, but, nope, not going to allow it. But I thought nope. that Jack would come after me about no. that one, so I went no. with Chargers Raiders. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're going to talk about games that people want to talk about, Jack. My friend here is biased, so I... I will ask you the question, Friday night, Pac-12 championship game, USC and Utah. Chris is a diehard USC fan. He needs them to win to get into the playoff. How do you see this game on Friday night? Yeah, we keep waiting on TCU and USC to kind of the other shoot a drop. More Mm -hmm. TCU than USC. But USC even, I don't think we believe their defense. And by the way, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. If they do make the playoffs, they're going to get smoked once they get there. A lot like the, the... Pack 12, or the Big 12 teams have done when they limp their way in with a below average defense and a high powered offense and a Heisman Trophy front runner. Believe me, the people in those trailer parks in Oklahoma, there's PTSD for what's going on at USC right now for a few different reasons. And I will tell you that, that if they get in, that's going to be a problem. I'm not sure they get in, though. I'm in Las Vegas. I'm actually debating staying around for the game because Washington has kind of turned the corner. Five and one against the spread their last six. They're really looking better lately, and their defense is in what's carrying them. So if you're looking for a team that kind of started the year, everybody thought was going to be great, really didn't middle the season, not going that well, but kind of getting it together at the right time, this Utah team is that team. Now, I will tell you, it may just be that subconscious part of me that believes USC and TCU are overrated. They've got to lose because that may be leaning me toward USC or toward Utah because their offense is super good. Uh, believe me, Caleb Williams is the real deal. We saw him in Oklahoma, and, and he's doing nothing but uh, improving once he's at USC. 
And I do think this game is a lot closer than people think. The line says that. I'll go ahead and lean toward Utah plus the point. Is there any chance we get a competitive game in the Big Ten championship game with Purdue and Michigan? Uh, I see a humongous line over two scores. Uh, is there any chance that Purdue can keep this close? There is because Michigan is typically a conservative team. This is under their coaching staff. This particular year, that that's worked. It's been fine. And their quarterback had really the game of his life. Now, they were talking on the on the TV that maybe it's maturation. He's taking that next level. Or maybe he just geared up for one game and got there against an overrated Ohio State team. That's the problem with the points here. I mean, money line, yeah, Michigan should win this game unless they turn it over four times. Covering... I expect the backboard to be open a long time, especially because we have playoffs on the horizon. Look for both a team like USC and like Michigan, these teams that if they get out to big leads, that backdoor, not so much with USC, but definitely Michigan and Georgia, the, the backdoor will be left open because I expect them to rest players maybe on both sides of the ball, especially Michigan having that emotional big game last week. If they get a big lead here, the double-digit uh, point spread may come into play. So I definitely think it could be close. I would be careful about Rich and a bunch of money on it. I'll ask you the same question about Georgia LSU. You know, Georgia, we've seen them kind of sleepwalk through a few games against Missouri, against Kentucky, against Kent State. But when they have to have had to turn it on against a team like Tennessee, they can show that why they're ranked number one and they're the best team in the country. Is there a way that LSU can keep uh, this game competitive late in the game? Yeah, don't we have a lot of question marks once we get to the playoffs? More than most years, we have Georgia or Alabama, and then maybe the other SEC team that are head and shoulders above and how are they going to play it out. This year in particular, we, as you mentioned, we've seen signs even out of Georgia where they've underperformed. They played down their level of competition. They haven't executed offensively. Um, LSU's not bad. I mean, they're a good, pretty good football team. It's just super hard to cover if you can't score. I'm not sure LSU's going to score enough to get there, but I do think you're going to earn it if you're in Georgia. I see 35-14 to 14 type game. I mean, I, I think that LSU's going to have a lot of trouble scoring with the back door be left open, and Georgia's kind of being methodical. So the better play is probably LSU plus the points in the first half. I do think this will be a conservative game plan to start out of Georgia. LSU, especially with under Kelly, they will, t- they will take out all the stops and try to get Georgia an uncomfortable spot. So I would probably play LSU to keep it close early, but then a methodical draw off in the end that you probably have to earn if you play Georgia. Jack, if our great listeners go to your website to sign up for your service, what will they receive at FatJackSports.com? Yeah, in celebration of the bourbon release or whatever you guys are doing there, $99 if you sign up during this hour. So go to FatJackSports.com. $99 gets you all the football through Monday. We have at least two championship day plays. We have five to seven NFL games on Sunday. We won again last Sunday, four and one this Sunday before that. One again Monday night, as you mentioned. $99 everything football through Monday. 189 football and basketball through Monday. Don't miss out. You'll be in the profit before we get to the bowl season if you'll go to fatjacksports.com and get signed up today. Thanks, Jack. You're the best. We'll pour you a glass here at Benny's. We're waiting for you. Guys, get after it. Have a great time. I'll see you soon. All right, Black and Abdallah, coming up next, we have the song of the night. Are you looking for a few good barrels? Vinny's in Lincoln Park is where the whole ESPN Chicago family is, celebrating few whiskey. If you aren't there, watch the show on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Welcome back. It's Bleck and Abdallah. We're live at Binnie's in Lincoln Park with Few Whiskey, our barrel tasting event. 
Everyone from the station is here drinking whiskey, having a great time. We're live at Benny's. It's Black and Abdallah. And each night around 6.50, we play for you the song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's song of the night. Yo, later. Tonight's song. We go to ACDC. Have a drink on me. It's fitting, right? 1980 <laughs> from the Back in Black album. A little ACDC. Have a little drink. So we celebrate a few whiskey here at Benny's. Black and Abdallah, it's your song of the night. the tie-in here with ACDC have a drink on me Abdallah we're celebrating having a beverage yeah I mean listen this song was released in 1980 back in black all these things but it got me thinking of like songs I like to listen to when drinking and I'm not talking about like I'm sad and I'm drinking by myself at home and listening <laughs> listening to some emo <laughs> my no, girlfriend broke some, up like, with me. <laughs> sad country that you wanted to play earlier tonight <laughs> 